Welcome to the SA for FA's Asset Allocator Podcast, a series that addresses issues of current interest of financial advisors, including ETFs, asset allocation, and the economy. I am your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and today it is my pleasure to have as our guest, Lewis Harvey, president of Dalbar, a Boston-based consulting firm that works with asset managers on a number of interesting projects and which is best known to the general public for its annual investor behavior studies. Those studies are famous for showing that investors are performance chasers and their own worst enemies. Dalbar's latest research very much fits that same paradigm, as we'll find out shortly. Have you ever wondered what impels people to lose money in the stock market? Investment consultancy Dalbar's latest research suggests that changing risk tolerance is the culprit. Dalbar's president, Lou Harvey, thinks it is a mistake for advisors to assume that investors have a static risk tolerance. Rather, it changes all the time. And if you don't stay on top of that change, that change will topple your client. How? They will insist on aligning their portfolios with their new risk tolerance, but only after the risk they are trying to avoid or the opportunity they are seeking has passed. To gain insight on this issue, I am pleased to warmly welcome Lewis Harvey. Lou, welcome to Seeking Alpha. My pleasure to be here. We'll start now at the very beginning. Industry standard practice calls for finding a client's risk tolerance. Based on your latest research, it seems fair to say that continuing this practice is a good way to mess up the client's financial plan and botch his asset allocation. Your thoughts? My thoughts is that that is 100% accurate. What we've observed is, is clearly that investors behave in a way that is not in their best interest. When investors bolt, when they irrationally leave their investment, it's usually because their tolerance, their risk tolerance is breached. Something happens and they, they can't tolerate it any longer. Psychologically, they lose it. So we set about to try to try to establish what are the, what are the underlying hard data to support that sort of soft philosophy. What we therefore did is to try to determine if the reason investors miss the mark is simply because the risk tolerance that they, they've been assigned, you know, is just simply incorrect. Or is it, as you had mentioned before, is it something that changes? What we've found is that clearly it changes. And our, our sort of big finding is that risk tolerance changes when a big shock occurs. And it changes also after a recovery and then improves. The interesting part of it is that during moderate changes, what we find is that they really, investors really do behave well. There's a negative correlation between, you know, the investors, um, risk tolerance and the, and the market conditions at the time. Um, as a result of, of the analysis, we tried to figure out what steps advisors can take to minimize the, the weakness of this changing risk tolerance and to be better able to provide the better returns that investors, in fact, deserve. In today's age of behavioral finance, it genuinely seems that a lot of the job of a financial advisor is psychology, that one way or another, the advisor must probe his client's psyche in order to get at his capacity to endure losses throughout the life cycle. Is this assessment correct based on your data? And if so, what does this mean for advisor training? 
It is true, but what I think is not true is that the, the current thinking is that you can set the risk tolerance and forget it. That's the problem that I think is, is pervasive today that we need literally need to address simply because that's not the facts. Okay, well, maybe just to let our listeners know what your methodology is for establishing that risk tolerance does change over time. Certainly. We started off mathematically. We measured the correlation between the changes in the market and flows. In other words, it's based on the, the core principle that when the investor runs out of the market and increases that activity, the reason is that he can't tolerate that risk. And that is, in fact, the basic definition of what risk tolerance is, inability to tolerate conditions that, that are there. So we, we measure that based on the flow. If investors net-net are bringing money in, it's saying that, gee, they can tolerate more risk. They are inclined to tolerate more risk. When I'm saying bringing money in, I'm, an, I'm really talking about bringing money into equities, which is our sort of measure of the risk side of the investment spectrum. When they are pulling money out of these equities, it's an indication that the risk tolerance that they have has in fact declined and they're not willing to take that much, that much risk. So they're inadvertently adjusting their portfolio, but doing so after the fact rather than before the fact. So I, I hope that sort of answers the methodological question. Sure. It sounds like you're telling me that you look at cash flows and sometimes people are selling like crazy and sometimes people are buying like crazy. However, that data shows right there that investor risk appetites are themselves inherently self-destructive because investors eschew investing when stocks are on sale and they're eager to invest when they're pricey. This finding reinforces what we discussed earlier, that advisors, that advisors in some sense need to become psychologists and not just to assess psychologically, but actually to kind of engage in behavioral coaching. So my question for you is, practically speaking, how should advisors work with this psychology to promote investor success? Terrific question. There are, there are five key steps that, that we've proposed in our, in our latest report that I think will moderate this problem. Clearly, nothing's going to eliminate it. We're talking about human nature here, but we can really reduce the effect of market changes on risk tolerance through five key steps. First of all, make risk tolerance something that the client, that the investor can relate to. Trying to define risk tolerance in with $100 words isn't really helpful. They're not going to relate to that. They've got to be able to relate to it. And our suggestion there is to define goals for the client in very personal terms so that a goal isn't X percent return over Y period of time. It's can I buy a house? And when, when are you going to buy a house? Or when are you going to retire? And so forth and so on. Um, that leads me to the second key point that we, we have is that you have to examine each of those goals in terms of the time frame to accomplish it. And instead of making the valuation of the portfolio the, the key measure, translate that to a time frame. If 
your current track is leading you to retirement at 55 and the market softens, gee, maybe that should tell you that your retirement is going to be out at age 60. Make it something that they, that is time oriented, which I think investors can manage much better and can tolerate much better. It's a heck of a lot easier for an investor to understand that the market conditions currently mean that you're going to have to wait five years before five more years to retire versus what's a 10% change or, oh my gosh, you know, what is this level of volatility mean? It's, it's not meaningful to them. So make it meaningful in terms of the time. Third, monitor the markets and anticipate the need for change. One has to go out to customers in the extreme market conditions like we're having now, reach out to them and explain. Um, proactively change the portfolio when the due date for what is, is planned arrives. So if somebody is five years from retirement, you know, explain to them, oh, we've got these set of circumstances. Maybe we ought to change your your portfolio to meet that. And and I mention retirement only because that is, is almost universal. But whatever the goal happens to be, college education, ma- major purchases, whatever the, the individual's goals are. Then the final one, the fifth element is a periodic review. This addresses changes in risk tolerance because of changes in the person's own situation. This is something that's built into several financial planning programs. Um, I add it and emphasize it here to say that it's really a big deal and should be part of, of every relationship that an advisor has. Hopefully those, those tips will, will help to guide some folks to reduce the losses that that can be suffered in volatile and hyperactive markets. I find that very interesting because it sounds like you're clarifying here that it's not just that the market itself is a reason why people um, people's risk tolerance changes, but it's also that investors' specific individual goals are changing and the timeframes are shifting that makes risk tolerance change. So, for example, you didn't mention that just that the market it goes up and it goes down, but also... I want to buy a house and now I'm ready to buy that house. So I think differently about this pool of money than I did five years ago, or now I'm ready to retire. And I wasn't ready to retire when I started this particular fund 25 years ago. So now I think differently about this kind of money. Is that an accurate way of looking at this? Absolutely. Absolutely. And each of those elements that you that the individual has, keeping in mind that any one individual will have multiple ones of these things. Yes, I want to retire, but yes, I also want to buy a house. I want to put my kids through college and I want to get married. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not singular. So one has to also contemplate the fact that these are separate sort of investment pools uh, and associated with each of those things could be different risk tolerances. So that's, that's yet another dimension of this, this variability. That's a fascinating dimension. It's very intuitively clever to designate separate pools for each investor goal. I think this could be very helpful to advisors. So this leads me to what might be my final question, which is, could you provide possibly a glimpse as to how one of your clients, anonymously if you prefer, has used these insights to improve investor performance? Um, yes. There is an advisor who we've worked with 
for, for some time who has adopted the sort of principle and, and use the term purpose-based investing. The basic idea is that for each purpose, i.e. goal, there is a strategy and associated with that strategy is the funding for it. So some funds get allocated to that and it's assigned a risk tolerance. So the whole package is sort of put together and individual investors have these multiple portfolios, if I, if I can use a more generic term. They have, you know, multiple portfolios, all are managed differently. And you know, the huge advantage they've experienced in doing this is when there's a market downturn, they can point to the secure pools, the secure portfolios and said, Hey, look, this has not been affected. Or they can point to the, the high risk pool. Say, listen, if you can't, if you really can't tolerate this, let's adjust it. Now, if we adjust it, it means that you're going to delay your retirement by five years. Oh, is that what you want? (laughs) You know, you see how it begins to become more humanized rather than the the language that we, we typically use. A better way for advisors to manage investor risk tolerance and reach their financial goals. Thank you so much for enlightening us, Lou Harvey of Dalbar. Thank you very much, Gil. It's been my pleasure. My pleasure as well. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast useful, consider leaving a review on Apple or Google Podcasts so that others might discover this series. Meanwhile, you can contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com if you have feedback or requests, and make sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts. 